So how do you evolve as a leader? You know, I, I think one, the easiest way is from the people around you, right? So you ask for feedback and every month, uh, it's, it used to be monthly. I think it's now quarterly. There's three questions. It's like, do you believe in the direction of the company? Do you feel safe to speak your mind? And how do you evaluate Noah as a leader? You can always ask for feedback. It's like, it's the greatest gift you can get. You just have to decide what to do with it. Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. We are so glad you're here. One of the great joys doing this work is to watch people's growth over time. It's really amazing to see folks find new choices, new ways of being, new ways of engaging with their life. It really is a privilege. But it's even more interesting when you can see your own growth along an arc of their growth. And the guest that we have today is someone that I actually first encountered and started following back in 2007. When he caught my attention, I was a young entrepreneur. He was a young and brilliant entrepreneur with brilliant marketing ideas who was very open about his own journey and his own struggles, whether it was being fired as an early employee of Facebook building the marketing efforts of mint.com only to be fired, all the things he stopped and started, but all of his content caught my attention. And it was a small part of my own journey, my own growth. So it was really fascinating a few years ago to find myself in a place of supporting him and his team in their growth. Over the last few years, I have seen him grow tremendously as a CEO, as a colleague, as a man. And I felt like it was a great opportunity to invite him on for him to share his journey, his own growth, some tips on things that he's really carried forward with him and how he leads his team, how he continues to grow. So it's my pleasure to introduce to you all today, Noah Kagan. Be sure to check out his new book, Million Dollar Weekend. We often talk about the work of rebooting your leadership as individual work you can't do alone. If each member of your leadership team is pursuing the work of self-inquiry and actualization, that's wonderful. But to create the company that you'd all like to work for, you must also create the opportunity for the collective to grow. Experiences like facilitated leadership groups, offsite retreats, organizational change explorations, and immersive leadership trainings move the organization closer to its fullest expression of the inherent values. At Reboot, we're here to support you and your team members in bringing forth the best that you have, using everything that emerges from organizational life, both the challenges and successes, as opportunities to grow. Head to Reboot.io slash team experiences to learn more and more about Reboot's virtual and in-person team offerings. So just if you could just give us a brief introduction of yeah. who you are. Hi, Noah Kagan, number 30 at Facebook, founder of AppSumo.com, an $80 million a year, number one software deal site online for solopreneurs or people starting businesses. So if you're creating software, go to AppSumo.com. And I have a book coming out called The Million Dollar Weekend. It's exactly how to start a seven-figure business or beyond in 48 hours. You know, I've had the pleasure of getting to know you well over the last few years. But the funny thing is, as I was preparing for this conversation, I went back and I looked in my personal Gmail what was my first interaction with Noah? And it was uh, a 2009 New York Tech Gaming Meetup. I had originally told you that, that I had met you through Ramit, 
but it was actually before then uh, is what I found out. And so I like I think there's a part of me that in setting up this conversation has felt I felt nervous partially because I want to do a really good job for you, but I also felt nervous because I think I've been connecting with like the original version of me that connected with you. Ooh, which is this 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 kid who didn't know what the heck he was doing with his life, and there was a piece at the beginning of the book that really resonated with me, and I and I have it here where you talked about the early years of your career were filled with almost successes. You had the internship with Microsoft. Normally, anyone who gets an internship gets a job. I'm reading a quote here from your, your book, as you might have guessed. Yeah. Normally, anyone who gets an internship at Microsoft gets a job. I was rejected before because I performed poorly on interviews. Then I had a job offer at Google pre-IPO. Google rescinded my offer because I couldn't do long division. Long division. And then, of course, Mark Zuckerberg fired me. But I, the, the piece about the almost successes, what, what prompted me to reach out to you originally in, back in 2009 was because I was the guy that was supposed to be successful. Everybody in high school said, you're going to do it. You're amazing. You're smart. And yet when I hit that point, I had a bunch of almost successes. I had not figured it out. I was totally lost. And the content I saw in you was somebody who had not only gone through almost successes, successes but also had figured it out and had like a confident playbook. And so the email I sent you, which you probably got a million of these, was something to the effect of, could I just buy you a beer or a lunch? Because I need the plan on how to get out of this funk. And you have the plan. So please help me. So all that to say, I was nervous about this conversation with you and excited about it because I think I'm still connected to that guy. And I also want to make sure you, you, you know, you, we have a good conversation. So I'm curious, did I respond to you that email? You said, um, I'd be happy to help over email. Oh, okay. That's nice. Which, which was super nice. You responded <laughs> and you responded quickly. And, you know, frankly, I get it now. Like I'm now in a position where people ask me for help. And so I am happy to help, but I can't get on a call with everyone or grab a beer with everyone. So I it get is it. challenging. I mean, it, it was interesting. There's a guy yesterday. His name is Chris Williamson. He he runs this now very popular podcast and show called Modern Wisdom. And my publicist for Million Dollar Weekend got me on the show, and I'm coming on in two weeks. And I've been consuming more of his content, and I'm like, wow, this, this stuff's solid. I really enjoy his some of his messages. And uh, I wanted to text him thank you because I liked his message about success bias. So you hear these stories of all the successful people. You don't hear about all the failures. You never hear yeah. about the people who never make it. I don't know if you, you know, and so I, I, I just, go, I went into my Gmail and looked up his email just out of curiosity. He emailed me five years ago. He's like, Hey man, I'd love to have you on the show. And I was like, <laughs> Hey, no, I'm busy. And it's an interesting thing about this life existence where we think all these other people have figured it out and they probably have it less figured out than we realize. I think that's hundred percent true. Totally. And it is a small world on the internet. So how we behave, how we respond how we come across. I do think it's it's going to be mindful of that because like Chris Williamson, I had another email from Andrew Mason. He found a group on and now described yeah. he emailed yeah. me. And I was like, ah, I don't think I was rude to him. But you know, just how are you behaving and how are you showing, what example are you showing to others? So when your paths cross, which they inevitably will, you know, are they willing to reply to you? Or are they willing to tell others probably how you made them feel? Right. Well, you had a really positive impact on me at that time. I look back on that period of my life where I was really lost 
and felt, frankly, felt broken. I had all these almost successes, as you named in the book. And I was looking for people who could help me get the plan to be fixed and to be whole. Mm. And your content was a driver for that. The other thing that's important to note is I now sit in the seat of coaching and being a co-founder with Jerry. That's when I met Jerry too, because I went to him looking for the same thing. I went to him asking for the plan on how to be successful and how to be whole. <laughs> uh, so the broken time was actually like one of the most rich and profound moments of my life. But it was mm. so painful. So, so painful. Dude, Such I had, a hard place. I had a breakthrough at that. And so for the listeners, I think they probably know Dan coaches me and he coaches the AppSumo team. Uh, we pay and we've used Reboot for a while. And I was talking with Chad yesterday and I'll, and I'll tie back to that time in 2009, 10. So I can chat my business partner and the CTO of AppSumo. And he's like, man, you're doing some of your best work I've ever seen. And I've, I've known Chad 15 years. We've been either he was my customer or and then now he's my partner. And what I recall, though, which is interesting, Dan, in that like 2009, 2010, I was doing my best work at that time, but I was doing it sad to some extent. And I think now I'm I saw on the other side of it where I'm uh, I'm feeling just happy as I do this work. I'm feeling content. And I was literally just in therapy this morning trying to understand why it's so good now. Mm. And um, but it, it's interesting, you know, we all have great work in us, but I think we all feel like we, we can do more. And when do you know, or when do you feel that you're like, wow, I'm really doing my best work. Wow. I'm really, maybe being broken is it's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> yeah. Know? Maybe it's not such a, things aren't so as bad as they seem. And I don't know, it's, de it's definitely a journey that we're, we're all figuring out. So some of the things I would, I would just highlight that have helped me feel better about how I, who I am over the past few years specifically is one, um, practice being alone. So just practice being alone with yourself a lot more. That was definitely helpful. Going to therapy on a regular basis, which I think people know, but maybe they don't do it. Three, maybe think about the hard things we're avoiding in life. So for me, the hard things was like writing a book. Hard thing was uh, being alone. Hard thing was like being a CEO and facing it and realizing we can actually do more harder things than we realize. Uh, four was finding a partner. So actually finding someone I felt that was, you know, just I admire I really admire, and I'm, she's always making me more kind. Like, um, and I'd say lastly, there's, there's more, but these are, I'm giving things very, you know, the, the abbreviated version. I would say I, I shifted, uh, I'll give you two more, but I want to shift in my thinking from all or nothing. I think it used to be like, okay, if it's not 10 X, it's a fail versus, okay, it can be in the middle. Like it's not drinking or no drinking or hire a lot or don't hire a lot. It's just like, can you do a little bit and then kind of do more than that or, or do something in the middle? It doesn't have to be so binary. So those are areas that have really helped me develop where I'm, I'm problems are still happening. And, and, and lastly, pausing and responding. I know there's a lot here because it is a lot and it takes time, but pausing on these things. So as things are happening, because problems still happen yesterday, people quit, uh, you know, things are going to keep happening. Someone's going to say no, got rejected for someone who I thought was going to help. And they said no, but just pausing in these moments versus being so reactive and emotional. And those combined have led, I would say to, to a nice, an, a peaceful place. I feel very, There's a very, very practical difficult. thing that you do that uh, I I actually point a number of clients to, which is your anxiety management checklist. Yeah, and and you what you noticed was how your anxiety was driving you to take actions that were actually disrupting the team and the company, and so now you have a process that you've shared with your whole team and you've tweeted about it yeah. on how you make decisions in the context of being anxious. Yeah, I mean, I think even. 
regarding that yesterday someone quit and so i was like oh shit well business is gonna we're going out of business tomorrow then like that's literally and it's okay to have that thought that's not a bad thought but then realizing okay i have a plan if that's the case and let's let's now pause for a second it's like oh that's not so bad as as i think it has and i don't have to go rush to to create some chaos of a problem that's not a problem the other thing i would i'll end with that i think is helpful for all the founders is that weekly review i think we've talked about it a little bit yeah but I think especially for founders, I found this invaluable. Probably one of the biggest growth things for myself as a leader is every single Friday, there's a Slack reminder, which is a Google form and asks me three questions, which is how did I rate myself as a leader in the business, one through five and why? Two, was my behavior consistent, one through five and why? And then three, what are the three things I'm doing next week? That, silly enough, and I, I'm, I've done it probably 51 weeks of the year. So almost every single week I'm doing it. I just find a really good benchmark and I know it's coming. So if I'm in a meeting getting a little, if I'm acting a little impulsive or I'm getting too overly emotional, which it's not bad to have emotion. I'm not trying to remove that. I'm just trying to have consistency so people know what to expect when they, when they interact with me. And it's really just helped me improve a lot. Like what's, what's the priorities? Am I actually doing those? Am I delivering this week what I thought I was going to deliver? Am I showing up the way I want to show up? And just having that kind of check in weekly has been invaluable. So I can leave with that. I think it's fantastic. And I have my own version of it, partially inspired by you and what you have done. So thank you for that. How did you, uh, how did you get fixed, unbroken? I actually, you know, we'll go back to a book you and I have talked about quite a bit, which is The Missing Piece in the Big O. Oof. Uh, oh, great book. Thank you book. for that suggestion. That's a fire book. It's a fire book, yes. Um, it wasn't about filling in a hole from the outside to use that language. It was about kind of just more fully embracing who I am, what I care mm. about, what I stand for, you know, to use something even that sounds kind of cheesy, but it's true, which is to really come to love myself for the man that I am and the man that I can be and the man that I want to be, as opposed to seeing it as like a brokenness or a hole. I think that was a big part of it for me. As I was reading the book and you start with this, this, the chapter, uh, that talks about sort of like that, that, that phase for you is probably more like 2005, 2006. It seemed like, um, when you got fired from Facebook and the almost successes that we were referencing earlier. Uh, and I was just like, what is the present day Noah? If, if the Noah of 2006, 2007, whatever the era, what is, he, what would he see if he saw that version of him today? Like if he was on this call with us, what would you see in that man? What would you notice about him? I would see that it's a boy, not a man. Yeah. Let's very start much there. So, yeah. I would see, and, you know, I see these 20 year olds now. I'm 41, and there's nothing wrong with it. Some of them, everyone develops it their own way. And I love that, again, that book, Missing Peace. I was, I appreciate you recommending that. I've bought that for a lot of people. And I think he's chasing something externally that he needs to really find internally. And that's what I've been really sitting with for years now and working on. And it was like, if I can get money, finally, either my dad will recognize me or these people who fired me will recognize me that I have skills. If I can get fame, if I can get some attention, I'll be validated. I'm not sure how it's going to all work out. Uh, I would see someone with a lot of anxiety, a lot of like bitterness, um, and through a lot of swings, like I'd have, you know, super high moment. Maybe I'd have community next. I put on a conference, even though I never put on conferences before mm -hmm. have, you know, my, my idols come and speak. And then the next day I'm sitting, I'm living on a couch in, you know, the sunset of San Francisco, drinking a bottle of Charles Schwab, two buck Chuck by myself. 
Mm. Right. Just this very confused about what we're supposed to be doing here or like on the streets of Argentina where I was living for a while and like trying to figure out what the hell the purpose is. And I think the, the person who would see him now is like, man, it's going to be okay. Like try to smile along the way, even if you're feeling a little frustrated during this time. And even to this day, like, you know, I'm working my ass off and I'm really happy with all the work, but I, I, I literally, uh, this morning and last night I was signing, uh, autographs for the book, which is kind of a crazy thought. And I was like, remember to smile, hmm. <laughs> you know, just remember. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it, I think I'd also feel proud of how far I've come since then. I think that's true for most of us. If you actually go in your phone and you like scroll up, you know, two years, three years, four years, just on the photos and you see where you were and you can think about where you are, you're like, wow, I'm pretty much ahead of where, even, even if it's smaller amounts, but it could be larger, you're, you're further ahead than you kind of realized you were. I think we'd, be, we'd all are all a little bit like, oh, pretty proud of myself. So Amazing. it would definitely be a transformation. I'm, I'm very lucky and I feel blessed to be where I am today and definitely took somewhat of a journey that we all have in us to, to get to where I am. I think that's really well said. And the, the journey of your, your book actually prompted me to go back to that time. Because I also really, as we said, connected with that 20-year-old, 23-year-old, 25-year-old, the boy. And you know, there's something that I've observed in the client work I've done over the years. And frankly, I've had the privilege of seeing it in you, which is, to put it over simplistically, we can run from or run towards. <laughs> and when I look at the 2009 version of me, my guess is when you look at that 20-something-year-old version of you, we, are, we were really running from something running from the fear of not being enough, running from um, the fear of not being enough to be loved by our parents, maybe as, as an example, or our father, um, running from the fear that, that maybe we're broken. Mm. But when I look at the man I see before me today, I see somebody who's running towards something. Yeah. So what, are, what is it that you're running towards? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a huge avoider. And, mm. you know, if you run, then it's hard for fear to catch up. That's why a lot of Million Dollar Weekend is about going really fast so that you don't even let fear stop you, right? Which is actually also a, a power that you can, you can look at yep. as a good thing. Totally. And so the big thing I've, I've embraced overall is, is really liking myself. And I don't know, a long time ago, people were like, you're successful. And I never felt successful, right? That's like other people saying it for you. It's like, how do you feel good about yourself? And so over time... Uh, I was literally in therapy just literally exploring this today about like, why am I feeling so damn good? And it's how do, how did I reduce the amount of external validation I needed, which is still, we still need it sometimes. And then really increase the internal validation, really increase the internal validation. We're like, I look at million dollar weekend and it was really hard. and It was scary. And I think I could do it. And I thought it was going to suck and all these things. And, and also finishing it and be like, damn, good job. Or with my girlfriend, like being a good partner. I'm like, wow, I'm really not arrogant, but I'm like really proud how I show up for her. And, I had a therapist years ago. He's like, no, the only way through is in. The only way in is through. Like, that's mm. the only way through is in. And I'm like, shut up, man. I'm going to find a shortcut. <laughs> 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 I don't care about your hokey pokey, you know, psychoanalytic babble. But really there's, there's, I think to get to these points of contentment for ourselves is really thinking about the, what are we really avoiding? And we all have it right? It, yeah. And there's different areas of it. And as you start working on these different areas, but for me, it's like being alone, created a lot of anxiety. Hmm. Um, 
you know, maybe doing partying sometimes to like keep chasing more, the, the more bug that a lot of us have. And yeah. through going through that and facing them, uh, it's never solved necessarily. It, it's created, I think, the capacity that I can handle different problems better. Where, man, in my 20s and 30s, I was just swinging so differently emotionally. Like it would be emo Noah today and then tomorrow it's a high and, and so forth. Whereas today, you know, yesterday someone very key in the company quit, problems with uh, certain things with their girlfriend, problems with some of the things on YouTube and all these different parts. And I'm like, okay, this is this is Monday and I can handle this. And I don't have to react so much. I can pause. I, you know, that was my word of the year. It's pause. And yeah. uh, I think that's led me to feel better just overall about my behavior and just mm-hmm. who I am as a person. And I don't, I don't need more subs or more money or more like acknowledgement or this book to sell a ton for me to feel proud of who I am. Yeah, that's really amazing. I mean, the listeners are probably wondering, as I have been known on the Reboot Podcast for doing the introductions and doing um, a few conversations here and there, but mostly it's been Jerry. And probably wondering, why are why am I doing this interview? And, the, and the, the truth is that I've had this really privileged seat to watch Noah change pretty dramatically over the last yeah. few years as a leader and as a man. And it just felt really important for me to... I guess, be able to introduce you to the Reboot audience because I have been so damn proud of how you have shown up as a leader and how you have grown as a leader over the last few years. So I yeah, wanted to be on this conversation. It's hard. <laughs> it's it's hard. really hard. One, thank you and thank Reboot. You know, you you, only, you guys didn't only coach me, you coached the, the leadership team at AppSumo and you coached a lot of the individual leaders. And, you know, I, we go back to the earlier versions of ourselves. I think if we all were a little bit patient with ourselves and had mm-hmm. more positive self-talk, like we will get to that same destination, just probably a little bit more enjoyable. And I, I was I was just thinking about the first time I, you came into a meeting when I came back as CEO of AppSumo, which I was very afraid of coming back and ruining the company. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, who the fuck is this Dan guy <laughs> talking some shit on a Zoom call? I think he Why might have said that about- out loud, actually, too. I did. And then I, everyone's <laughs> talking about their, their feelings. I'm like, I, dude, who, who are you people? Why are we talking about feelings? We've got to talk about business. And, uh, you know, and then we have people, a lot of people quit. We had to let go of people. Everyone's, you know, not trusting each other. And, you know, one of the things that I can recommend for any of the other founders or people starting business out there was getting feedback, you know, and mm. I think we do get feedback. So every, every quarter now, the leadership team gives me feedback on my leadership style. Uh, and then I give myself feedback each week. And then you can see over time now, wow, I'm actually, people seem to like me. The company seems to be going from the numbers as well as from a subjective numbers, subjective stance in a, a positive direction. Uh, but that also doesn't happen, you know, it doesn't happen immediately. Yeah. Right. And it's been nice to work with you to to see like, Noah, you're, you know, you don't seem to like what you're doing. Nah, I hate this stuff. And one of the things I, I remind myself today is that a lot of the, when you're at a good place, let's say for yourself, you kind of think, oh, well, I don't need all the stuff that I did to get here. <laughs> I could stop exercising. I could stop reboot. I can stop going to therapy in the morning. Like I'm good now. Yeah. And I, I remind myself that it takes time and then keep doing the things that got you successful. Yep. Keep showing up for the different meetings. Keep doing the survey. Keep doing the workouts. Keep doing it. Uh, you might need to evolve it in some way, but don't stop it. And I, I think that's a very common thing with, with, entrepreneurs and founders. It's like, how'd you grow the simple example? How'd you grow your business? Uh, we used to do a lot of, uh, one by one cold emails or one by one phone calls or one by one events. How often are you doing that? Oh no, we stopped. Just go do that again. And then they do it and it works. I'm like, yeah, that's all for all of us, myself included. 
I, I mean, I think you 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 referenced the the need to the ongoing practice, uh, and and that's something that I've always appreciated about you is m- my sense your ability to to lean into the hard conversations and to invest in the support, not just whether it's working with a coach, but it's your own therapy and you're constantly asking these bigger questions of life I've noticed too. Um, but how do you continually evolve as a, as a leader besides, you know, some of the things, things you mentioned like feedback and ongoing yeah. support. I was, I was chatting on Tim Ferriss's show. What's coming out from he's helping. Um, we were just talking, we haven't talked in a while. And so that show's coming out and he asked me, no, you have a lot of coaches, right? So how do you evolve as a leader? You know, I, I think one, the easiest way is from the people around you. Right. So you ask for feedback and every month, uh, it used to be monthly. I think it's now quarterly. There's three questions. It's like, do you believe in the direction of the company? Do you feel safe to speak your mind? And how do you evaluate Noah as a leader? And it's a way to then ask for suggestions specifically based on their responses. So that's one way to evolve as a leader. The second way is to get, and this is what I was talking about with Tim, was to get different advisors. Right, so I have Moody Glasgow, who's a marketing advisor. Rajatish Mukherjee, who's an operations advisor. He works at Indeed. Moody worked at Glassdoor and Zapier. Now, the interesting part here, Tim asked me, was how do you decide what inputs to listen to? Mm. And I don't have a great answer. I don't have a great answer then. I don't have a great answer now. I think that's part of intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. But what you can do is that if you're not sure who, what to listen to is you can try things out and see the impact of it and then make changes on that. For example, I don't know if it was through you or through something, but, and this is going to sound so obvious to people, but if you're positive, people want to work harder and work, they're more excited to work with you. But all I normally do is shit on people. (laughs) I know it doesn't sound nice, but I've evolved. And so as a leader, I I think, I I don't know where I learned it from. I I don't think my parents are this way. Maybe it was Zuckerberg or someone, but it was, I'm normally very like, here's the problems I see with what you just showed me. I'm never acknowledging the good parts. All Mm -hmm. I'm seeing is the areas for it to improve. Maybe it's not feeling, maybe it's me feeling a lack in myself. And so noticing a lack in someone else feels better for me. And so I don't know if there's you or if there's someone, but I tried out with Mitchell. I think, you know, Mitchell, he's one of the uh, Mm -hmm. guys at, at AppSumo. And I just was first acknowledging positively his work and then optimistically, which is something that I've really worked on talked about some of the improvements. And, and then I later I asked him, I'm like, how do you think that meeting went? You can always ask for feedback. It's like, it's the greatest gift you can get. You just have to decide what to do with it. And so I asked him, he's like, dude, that was the best meeting we had all year. And this is from a guy where a week ago, he was like, that's the worst meeting I had with you all year. Cause it was, I was shitting on him for uh, not coming back with solutions around our plus membership. And so to evolve as a leader, you know, I, I think it's, you know, taking different inputs, getting different feedback. I, I don't find a lot of books as helpful at this point. Yeah. Like I have, there's some books, like I actually think Jerry's book is really good reboot. I thought that book was fire. Um, I like a lot of biography books. So any biographies about different entrepreneurs, I think just go listen to them on audio uh, are really helpful. And then you try things out and then you kind of notice, you know, I met with you and I noticed that I, I commented something. And I think one of the things you say, guys say, was like, what's the unsaid thing? And I noticed what I was talking with you in one of our sessions was, hey, I don't really know if we're all on the same page for Q1 2024. <laughs> and you're like, huh, that's interesting. What do you want to do about it? I was like, well, I'm going to have a meeting tomorrow and make sure that if I'm not clear, is everyone else not clear? And what's the example I'm setting? And how would I make a change on that? And so 
I, I think ultimately maybe taking a, a zoom out here with all these things we're talking about of evolving leadership is just writing these pieces down for each person. So I have a doc on my phone called Noah's Lane of Leadership. Hmm. <laughs> and in this doc, it's like a living document that I'm updating about what's my Q1 priorities? What's the Q1 AppSumo company priorities? And then what are the leadership things that I'm noticing, like getting an advisor, super helpful, having a business coach, super helpful, being optimistic, sounds stupid or maybe obvious, but it's like, am I as optimistic? And I don't mean fake, like, you know, we had a toxic positivity problem when I first came back, which everyone was like too positive, but noticing these areas of your leadership style that seem to work for you and for the, the company and style of company you want to run and, and keep that kind of living document of your leadership. Maybe you publish it one day or maybe you just have it for yourself. But uh, I'd say ultimately that also helps you kind of uh, cement the foundation of your, your leadership style and evolution. I love that. Noah's lane for leadership. I'd love to see that posted at some point. You're pretty transparent. Um, so it'd be fun to see that at let me let me pull it up. Hold on. So I have it pinned. You can always pin your things. Noah's lane of leadership. Q1 focus, VP of marketing and VP of finance, content plan, and we have a directory product. Uh, the three things I, I'm interested in, people, boundaries, and goals. Set the goals, one clear one so everyone knows what they're doing, and a scorecard for each person. Boundaries, give people principles, frames of minds for how they should think about things in the AppSumo way. And people, hire great ones. If you're solving for them, you have the wrong people. And then there's just different like bullet points about things I was talking to you about that I noticed was more effective um, based on feedback. So like one of them is a phrase I should use. Here's what I would do. So instead of telling someone what to do, just be like, hey, let me just tell you, here's what I would do. Um, don't debate over the phone. Debate over a document. I don't know, just different little things that, that have... That's pretty good, actually. It's <laughs> very good. Sounds like a second book, perhaps. Yeah, ah, no, a Million Dollar Weekend's <laughs> one and only, man. I don't, I don't know about that. Maybe I'll sell it as a, a thing on AppSumo.com. We'll see. <laughs> there's just, there's not like strong leadership books. There's strong, like I like sports coaches, like basketball, John Wooden or Phil Jackson. You know, especially because they're dealing with a lot of egotists and very, you know, a lot of different individuals. Uh, but there's not necessarily like how to lead book. I think like. Uh, Frank Slootman from Amp It Up from Snowflake Great is book. an amazing one. Or Netflix, No Rules, Rules is another amazing one. Yep, Those are two of the probably bangers I'd recommend for most people. But there's there's definitely more room for a strong leadership book. Well, it sounds like you've done what what I often want and help clients to do, which is is perhaps you take stuff from Frank Slootman or Reed Hastings or any other conversations you have with your advisors, but you got to make your own has to be your own document. Like the way that Noah leads effectively is a little different than the way that Frank Slootman yes. leads. And if you're yes, trying to be Frank Slootman, you're not going to do very well. Because you're <laughs> not Frank Slootman. <laughs> you're Noah. So what yeah. is what is like Noah's, when you're at your best as a leader, what does that actually look like? Hmm. I would say the two things that come to mind of when I'm at my best leadership style. Number one is that I'm leading by example. And I really think behavior by example is undervalued in companies. So when you message someone, even the words you're using, even the phrase you're saying, and the behavior you're doing, like, what's the example you're showing? Like, are you messaging someone at night? That's saying that everyone should be working nights. Are you messaging someone and expecting a quick response? That means that people should be focused on distractions all day and thinking about that. And so I would say my example of best work is when I'm doing promotion. 
when I'm promoting AppSumo.com, when I'm making a YouTube video, when I'm promoting Million Dollar Weekend, when I'm going on shows. I think people are like, wow, Noah's pretty good at that kind of stuff. And also, I love it. And so I think they see the thing I'm enjoying and they find that in themselves. I think the other part where Noah's, that's me. I'll talk, I'll talk in first, second, and third person, him. Um, other thing I acknowledge about when I'm at my best, it's really finding these hidden gems of talent. And I'm talking about, you know, the AppSumo customer and the, my YouTube viewers and the book readers. A lot of them, I call them underdogs. I've always called them underdogs because I've always felt like an underdog. Like I'm not a Harvard elite, even though I grew up in Silicon Valley and I was able to be around them. I always felt like not part of it. And so I believe I find these people that are just really special. And then I kind of do my best to lift them up. But I, I think I've just chosen really great people. Uh, that are experts categorically or have the ability to be experts. And I do my best. And so I think I've done a good job of that. Like even Chad, he was my customer. I was building Facebook games and he was the, the first customer I, I, I got. I called him on Thanksgiving and I still call him every Thanksgiving as a, a memorial of how much I annoyed him. I'm like, hey, you don't know me, but I want you to be my customer. And he's like, who are you? And, uh, you know, Chad was my favorite customer. And so I ended up quitting that business and starting really AppSumo with Chad. Uh, and so, yeah, finding certain people. And I think that's where I'm at my best. And then finding like even Chad, he's in meetings a lot of the time and that's not him at his best. And so how do I help him have the environment? And he's like, I just need to get the fuck out of meetings. I'm like, all right, we're going to get you an executive assistant. So I'll find one for myself and that'll support you. What else can we have, you know, someone else on the team help you reduce this stuff. But like, you should be making shit all day and we're doing data research. Like he, his pattern matching skills and prototyping it from zero to one are, are, you know, phenomenal. And so I think that that those are areas where I'm at my best. It's so well said. And, and, you know, it takes me back to some of our early conversations when you took over as CEO again after Eamon's departure. And one of the refrains that I heard from you early on was, I want to bring in the, you know, top, you know, the, the, the hired guns, the people with the, the strong pedigree. But after one of our early team facilitations, you said something to me that I, frankly, I have told multiple clients now because I think it's such a, such a strong statement. You looked around the room at the people on the team and you saw that maybe they didn't have the background, but they were not only excellent, they also cared. And you said to me, you can't buy caring. You can't pay for caring. Yeah. And I look at AppSumo and I, I love that team and I've come to know them well. And it is an exceptionally talented bunch that really cares and cares about each other. They really and you do. attract that group. Like you do such an amazing job of they bringing attract. that together. Yeah. They attract yeah. it. I think finding people that were, you know, me and you have talked about this a lot, like that we're impressed with, right? Be impressive for ourselves and then also be around other people where you're like, man, in, in this area where you seem to like your work, you're excellent. And I think one of the things that's the AppSumo way is finding the people who are on the come up and then pairing them with an expert on the top. I think has been the approach that seems to work really well for us, given that we can't afford Silicon Valley prices fully. We, we're competitive, but we don't have stock options that are, you know, maybe go up and down. But we can create a cool work environment on a product to help inspire entrepreneurs and help entrepreneurs. Uh, and then you have a lot more freedom and impact than pretty much anywhere else you're going to get. Uh, I, th I think creates a, a nice environment for a certain type of person. A lot of, I would say, the immigrant mentality. And that doesn't mean you have to be an immigrant. Yep. It just means the immigrant mentality, what I've noticed from the successful people at AppSumo is twofold. Being an immigrant, you can control your attitude. And immigrants are like, holy shit, I'm finally at a country where I have more opportunities. And then you can control your effort. 
there's literally no limit on effort besides time. And I, I think we've had a lot of success with the immigrant mentality at AppSumo and a lot of the executive leaders, I think almost every single one uh, is either an immigrant or their parent is an immigrant. Yeah. It says that was a lot. something that I think I pointed out to you early on. I was really yeah. blown away by. It's yeah. pretty amazing. But if we look at, if we go back again, you know, the thread of this conversation, going back to the 2005 Noah up to the present day, you, you reference this, like you've always believed in and wanted to support the underdog, mm. but say more about that. Like, because I, I was looking at some of our threads and I had a thread from you where I had expressed my partner and I had expressed an experiment we were doing. You said, I love it. I want to support you. I'm going to send you a PayPal. What's your PayPal? Like you were driving us to take action and believing in us in, as underdogs. Like that's part of who you are, but say more about that, the, the underdog support, supporter in you. Where did that come from? Probably insecurity, hmm. right? And not feeling uh, worthy, not feeling good about myself. And then, you know, over time recognizing that I can feel good about myself, there's probably a lot of other people who feel like they have the ability or they should they're like, man, I know there's a little bit more out there for me. Or maybe I don't, broken is a very strong word to label it. And I think how sure. we label ourselves is very interesting. And feeling like doubted a lot, especially after the Facebook experience for me, that was traumatic. You know, like literally it, it was why I became an entrepreneur, I would say, because I didn't want anyone ever again to take away my, my livelihood and my, you know, my self-worth ultimately. Hmm. And so for a long time, it was like, you know, can I do these external things to finally feel worthy internally? And I, I would say that was feeling like an underdog. And someone asked me recently, they're like, dude, you're, you're rich. You have, you know, cool business. You're living in Spain and America. Like, I don't know if you're an underdog. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> and I say that, you know, not cocky. I don't mean to sound arrogant, but I was like, I don't know. You know, maybe it's just an under underdog mentality. Right. But there's also a thing where that can evolve where now I don't necessarily think I'm an underdog or an overdog or anything, but it's like, I'm excited to see the people willing to take a chance on themselves, people willing to try. Doesn't mean it's going to work right away, but at least they're doing something. And, and that's who I surround myself with. And, uh, but I just am around doers and, and people that I find interesting. And I think just being around that and wanting to support that over time has always been something I felt I wish I had more of myself. Like someone being like, hey man, like I know you got fired and you're kind of boohoo and you're salty and then this thing didn't work out and this thing worked, but just keep going. And eventually, yeah, if you stick with it, it can work out. And I wanted more of that myself. And uh, I like that that's what AppSumo can provide. Instead of paying super expensive software prices from all these companies, you can get an insane deal. And same with the mm -hmm. content. You know, the content that we do inspires people on business. And I think I've always been excited about what you can learn about yourself through business. Like I've learned more about myself through business than anything else. And as an underdog, yeah, it's just more of the idea that we can do these things and it is a hard thing it won't, doesn't mean it's gonna be easy but you can do it and that that's that's available for everyone worldwide yeah absolutely yeah what you just said you've learned more about yourself through business than anything else i mean we often say at reboot use work to do your work <laughs> that's a someone said it a long time ago similarly like your your business is a life uh it's a life-size projection of your behavior and who you are and I was like, ooh, that's good. You know, good. some years ago, Ramit, our, our mutual friend, uh, he called my business Ross. You know Ross, like the clothing store that's like kind of the cheap stuff. And Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he called it Ross. 
And, you know, a lot of times when someone jokes about things, it's good to just not react, but pause and think about it. And what he meant by that is that it's a lot of cheap stuff, but there's maybe one or two gems in there. Like Ed Ross always has like the French coffee press. That's the, that's the thing you get there. You know, the French coffee pots. I can't tell you the last time I was at a Ross. So you have to remind me here. I was there. I was at a TJ Maxx, which is comparable. Yes. uh, Last week. I love, I still love a good deal. And, um, you know, there was something to be said for that. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is what I'm saying is AppSumo. And it's like, that's not who I, how I feel. Like, I think it should be good value. It should be that everything you see at the store is really good value. And so then we changed a lot of things over time at AppSumo. And now, you know, went from 13,000 products, and you were part of this, to 600. And I look at the products, I'm like, these are damn good software tools at great prices. And then how do you build that into your culture so that, you know, whether you're around or not, that that, that operating behavior can keep happening uh, ongoing. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I mean, it, it's that comes from an inside out, right? Like, what am I really here to do? Oof. What do I really care about? And, yeah, and let like, me build a business as a manifestation of that. You've asked me a lot too. You're like, you're not excited or you don't care here. And I'm like, I don't. Okay, so let's fix that. that, that what else are we here for? Being, yeah, that's the greatest part of being an entrepreneur or founder uh, or even being a part of a smaller business. Like you have the power you don't have to be a victim. You can change it where now you're spending your six, eight, five hours a day doing something you actually enjoy. And that, you know, I've been doing, most business gets boring. It gets boring, right? Like Jeff Bezos, 50 years old, he's on a yacht. You know, I don't know if Amazon got boring, but I've been doing this 14 years and I'm more excited now than I've ever been. It's like, how is that possible? Like my 20 year old self would have never believed that. I've been like, dude, every year you got to do something new. And now it's like the newest stuff is just doing the same stuff that's working and then keep evolving it slowly over, you know, compounding it over longer periods of time. I'm proud of that. And uh, that's definitely an evolution. Definitely an evolution. It's amazing to to watch. It's been, it's great. You know, the best things about business are the ones that work and this is working and let's keep working on it instead of necessarily chasing for some new high. Uh, I think these, you know, there's an Esther Perel quote. It's like, if you want variety, date one person. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, that's that's spicy. And I think that's true for business. Like if you have something working, like find ways that you can keep going deeper and understanding your customers better or your partners better or how to be a leader better or where the market could be going better and, and just doing that not so aggressively. Like I think a lot of Silicon Valley are funded, which I know a lot of reboot people are. But if you can do it less aggressively, you can actually sustain it over a longer period of time and probably have more higher compounded returns. I completely agree with you. I think that's absolutely right. So we kind of follow the trajectory. I mean, we, we started looking back 2006, 2009. Here we are, 41-year-old oh, yeah. Noah. What would we see at 50-year-old Noah? Like, what is he focused on? What's he doing? What's he care about? Uh, my first part is family. I'm going to be having a kid in the next few months. And so being a part of a smaller business, being a founder, being an entrepreneur, uh, enables me to create more flexibility in my life so that as much as I, I can be present for my partner and for our child, like that's my priority. And so I'm, I'm excited for that business. I don't know if it sounds weird to say it's a business. I mean, maybe I need to workshop that, but that, that is my most important business over the next, I mean, lifetime, but really this next decade specifically. And, uh, so yeah, that, that is something I'm looking forward to. I've been reading books. I'm talking to people. I'm asking for the most overrated baby gifts so I don't get those for myself. <laughs> and I'm uh, just looking forward to being present for, for that. 
you know, like uh, being the, f- the the parent that I'd always wish I had. I think I had good parents, but now I can take all the learnings and, and do even better. So I, th- I think that's that's definitely some of my 50. Um, I think that, and I, I'd say professionally, it's a lot of just keep doing what's working. You know, keep making content, keep promoting software deals, you know, figure out more ways to help promote more software products for solopreneurs. I don't think I'll do another book, so I, I don't think that'll be as much. Um, probably reducing work mm-hmm. and, and more time available for the family. Why? I, I have to ask, I know we're running out of time, but why? Why won't you do another book? And <laughs> related, why this book? Because you are super busy. There's so much going on. So why was the book important to you to begin with? I always dreamed of doing a book and I never thought I had the, you know, I never thought I was ready. I never thought I could face it until, you know, in the last few years. Um, I, 15 years ago, I was, I was wondering, like, I wish I had a book that I, that someone would have given me that if I didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a lot of time, I didn't know even what to do that in a very short time, which is a weekend, which we all have 52 of them, uh, that I could, that I could have. And that, that's just what I, there's nothing else like it. Otherwise I wouldn't have done it. And then why I don't plan on writing another book. I think this is everything I have in starting maybe in growing a business, you know, we've grown a business 14 years now, $80 million. Like the team seems to love it. Customers and partners seem to love it. I'm very proud of what we've done. So potentially, but it's a lot, right? It's not to get rich. I already have enough attention more than I need, not in the need, but I'm very happy with the amount of awareness I have when I put out material. I'm excited though. This has been the original, the, the secondary reason besides I've always wanted to do one. It was my dream. I wanted something really long to work on. If you think about all of our businesses, most of our projects, it's like, all right, put out a tweet. That's like in a snap. So the book has a snap on it or do a quarter. What's your quarter project? Or let's do a, a, what's our one year plan. Like this was a four year plan. It was four years and I knew it was going to take a long time. And this is not what I'm supposed to say. I'm supposed to say like, I had a dream and I wanted to help you. And I did, but I also was like, I wanted to challenge myself with something. I, I didn't know if I could do it. And I knew it was going to take an exceptionally long period of time. And that was, I think that's cool for everyone out there. Like what is, what's a longer term project? Yeah. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it is a book. Maybe it's part of your business. Maybe it's building a house. And so having something that I knew was going to be a very long journey. And it was, it was nice to do that mixed with a lot of the other uh, things I'm doing that are shorter term. Cause it taught me a lot. Like, Hey, if you think longer term, you can go actually bigger the longer you think. And having a book, the other thing that I thought that everyone can, can replicate or copy is you don't have to do it alone, right? So AppSumo.com, you know, we have Alona and Sean really running the day-to-day. And then with the book, I hired Tal Ross, who's probably one of the, arguably one of the best business writers of the decade. He wrote Never Split the Difference, which he's written other best-selling uh, business books. And then same with the YouTube channel. So I, I try to hire CEOs of the different areas that I'm interested in. Because otherwise, like, there's one, I'm also not as good of a writer as he. But finding someone who can support me so I can have a, you know, relatively popular YouTube channel and then a book that I, I think should do well and, and, a, and a business that's performing well. And then try to have free time to be present uh, for my partner. Amazing. Um, so I'd be curious, like, if you're making the ask of the Reboot audience to buy your book, what, what's the ask you make? I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask them to buy the book. You wouldn't? Why is that? No, I think people need to, if they're trying to get a business going... I would check out milliondollarweekend.com. There's a free chapter okay. and you can see some testimonials. And if it makes sense for where you're at, what I think has been fascinating 
you, when you talk about these challenges and fear, no one's ever like excited to buy a book where they're going to be more afraid. <laughs> but I, I think people get excited to think about what kind of life could I actually live? Like I would, I was talking in therapy this morning, two years ago, I never would imagine I'd be in this kind of house, which is insane. I'm in like a McMansion. I have a pregnant girlfriend. I have a cool Miata and a Vespa. I also have a Tesla, but like I have cool cars. Like I'm really happy with what I get to spend my days doing. Like, and that, that is possible for all of us and you have to get started right now. And I, I believe Million Dollar Weekend is that ticket to get there and about how do you get started right now? How do you get better at asking for things? And then what's the steps that you need to take to make sure you're doing a business that you don't spend, you know, six months to find out no one wants it, which I've done many times <laughs> and hopefully I've learned. <laughs> You know, I just started a, I would say a seven figure business in the last 48 hours. I started a, a DocuSign alternative and I, wow, you know, that video is coming out on the YouTube channel. And I, I think people can see that I've done this time and time again, and I've failed time and time again. I share that as well. And I think that's something that other people are curious about. You can go check out the book. I love it. Going back to your thread on how you've evolved. I mean, I also see somebody who and this will sound cheesy, but I see somebody who loves themselves, like appreciates the man they are and the man that they're not. And that is a big change from the guy that I saw a few years ago who wondered if he was enough. So thank you for being with me. And thank you for trusting me and giving me the privilege to be part of your life and part of your company because it's really awesome. And I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, go to reboot.io slash podcast to listen to all five seasons of our podcast conversations and leave us a review on iTunes. That's the best way for other people to find and enjoy the show just as you have done. And don't forget to join our mailing list at reboot.io slash signup so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. How long till my soul gets it right? As a leader, you hold within you a vision, a vibrant image of what your organization can become. Now, how do you translate that vision into a map, leading every member of your team to the same destination? That's where annual planning comes in. But where do you even begin? What questions do you ask? What tools do you need? To support you in tackling these questions, we've developed a handy guide for annual planning a free downloadable resource for navigating the exciting and sometimes bumpy road to realizing your vision. In this jam-packed guide, you'll discover how to translate your vision into a crystal clear roadmap that inspires and unites your team. We believe that annual planning, when done right, is an opportunity for growth, connection, and shared purpose. It's a chance to ignite the collective fire within your team and illuminate the path to a brighter future. Ready to turn your vision into reality? Grab your copy of the guide for annual planning on our resources page at reboot.io slash resources.